2: Hello, friends. Kirk Henderson and Josh Bow coming to you Friday night, March 25th. It's about 930. Hallelujah to that. But unfortunately, the Dallas Mavericks just got blown off the floor by the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, their defense was nowhere to found, be found. Their shot was nowhere to be found. Um, really, I wonder if uh, a lot of the team could have been reported as MIA. So I don't really know where to even start with this game. Josh, how are you?
3: Uh, I'm doing good, and I will do much better if my um, mentions stay clear of any Mavericks radio broadcasters. Uh, I'll definitely have a much better night than after the last Mavericks. Game. <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. I
2: don't like it when you guys get in fights and I'm not involved. I'm the person yeah, who's... What's sp- going
3: on? <laughs> this is like collateral damage over here. I don't get it. You, you, uh, whatever. You you get you get enough of it. Maybe it's just No, nah, it just made me laugh. But it, it's it's something turns. because
2: here's here's my thoughts. And I, I wanna I wanna start broad and then we'll winnow down. One of the things after the Dinwiddie trade was I was very concerned that the Mavericks were gonna just start to fall to a degree because they you know say what you want about Chris Stapp's Porzingis, but he did add to their front court depth and they had something. But when you trade front court depth and you aren't able to replace it because Marquise Chris is clearly not it, at a certain point these guys are just getting worn out, and the Wolves are such a big team that it was just you know you, your two man big man rotation of Maxi and Powell is is not enough. It, it, it's that's no, granted this is what it is, and I'm not like we've talked about this a lot. It's just you're gonna have nights like this where it's very clearly not enough. And then everything just went downhill from there because, you know, nobody could hit a three tonight. The the Maxi finally fucking hit one. But I wrote this in my recap, and and, and I'm just going to read it line for line because this is insane. Luka Doncic hit five of 11 from three. Jalen Brunson, Maxi Kleba, Dorian Finney-Smith, Spencer Dinwiddie, and Reggie Bullock combined to go four of 31. <laughs> you're not going to win mostly good looks too great looks just (laughs) like you're and i'm not even really mad i you know we we've been kind of kicking brunson for weeks to take threes
3: and he took a bunch and didn't hit any (laughs) i know uh it i think the thing about this game is that offensively it's kind of what do you do you know what else are you supposed to do kind of games like you know i wouldn't say there was anything the mavericks did particularly wrong on the offensive end you know oh, we can one thing into, we can get to some details but uh, uh, yes okay go ahead uh, but i was just gonna say i think the thing that's disappointing about tonight is they just came out of the locker room and the game was just over uh mm-hmm. and that was like very you know <clears throat> the mavericks have kind i mean let's be real the mavericks are what 16th or 15th in offense according to cleaning the glass on the season i mean they've they have been a mostly slightly below average offensive team all season and they've been winning games because their defense has just been so good and and they play hard on that end of the floor so you know the disappointing part about tonight maybe isn't necessarily that they missed a bunch of open threes because i mean good lord how many games have they done that it's more that they it felt like one of the first games in a while where that affected them on the other end of the floor and they just could not get stops in the second half when they needed them and the game got away from them
2: yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's going to be a lot of pointing to the fact that Scott Foster, Scott fostered the fuck out of this game, which he <laughs> really did, did. Yeah. but it, that honestly was such a sidebar to the fact that the Mavericks weren't executing. Um I want to, I, I take like, this was a game and, 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 you know, the, the wolves have a lot of length to throw at Luca. So Luca kind of made up his mind early and, and he was dishing, you know, to corners, hitting open guys, whereas a number of times I really wished he would have continued to put his head down and go to the basket. Um maybe he's concerned with calls, I don't know. But when it's this was just a a fairly frustrating Luka game for me and I I'm, I'm going to need you to explain you and Matthew's um discussion in our Slack cuz I tried to write about it and then my brain just fell out of my head. Like what was going on like when when the pick and roll with Dwight Powell works because Dwight Powell is making excellent decisions off of, off of roles. He's just really unbelievable. The, the last 10 games, whatever. Maxi, on the other hand, walk us through the problem whenever they set screen, whenever Maxie's the screener.
3: Yeah. And, and to be fair, this was totally something that, you know, our staffer, Matthew Phillips pointed out uh, like this is kind of his take that I'm just going to kind of co-opt and broadcast on our, on our podcast. But when you're, you know, he, he basically was like, man, when, when Maxi is setting the screen, I mean, you're just inviting more pressure and attention on Luca because no team in the NBA, in their right mind, would shade any of their defenders to Maxi if you're running a pick and roll. Like, why would Maxi's defender never like? It, it's automatic right now with how Maxi's playing that Maxi's defender is going to trap and double Luca because who gives a flip about what Maxi Kleba does with the ball in his hands and in the space? I mean, he can't make a shot. I mean, he can't really. Uh, you know he's not really doing much at all and if the if the downside is you give up maybe you know a couple of dunks to him which is what happened but the rest of the time the team looks as out of sorts as it did that's I mean you make that trade you know 10 times out of 10 and so what Matthew was saying in our slack is like you know it's tough enough for Luca sometimes with all the defensive attention he gets when he steps into the paint you know why are you inviting another second defender with maxi screening for him you know, 28 feet from the basket and you're just kind of nuking possessions before they can even get started because, you know, just nothing really happened with Maxi on the floor offensively, like I said, except for, you know, he did get free for a couple dunks, but I think that was a risk Minnesota was clearly willing to take and it, and it paid off for them. You know, Luca was eight. I mean, Luca wasn't spectacular. I mean, he was, you know, it was a muted somewhat performance for him, but he was still, you know, eight of 18 from the floor, five of 11 from three, you know, he got cooking a couple of times uh, throughout this game, where he would make a couple threes and in a, in, a, in a little stretch there, and then he just kind of disappeared offensively because of the way the Wolves were playing him. Yep. And Matthew's point was like, man, just let Luca go one on one. Like he's he might have a little something, and if you want him to drag you back into this game, because clearly no one else was gonna hit a shot and, and help yep. him out tonight, like just let him go to work. Just let him play. One on one with his defender, and and, and I, it's hard to argue against Matthew's point there. Like every time Cleveland screened for Luca, it just seemed like things got cunked up.
2: The teams want that; like they want Maxi to be the playmaker. And you know, Matthew wrote about this today. Dalton Trigg over at Dallas SI wrote about it as well. Like Maxi is get, like we're reaching DEFCON panic levels here. You know, there's he's so important to what they do defensively, but you cannot play four on five basketball. Luca cannot do that already because they don't have any actual rim pressure. I mean, I know you can sit there and say, "Oh, it's Dwight Powell; he's a roll man." No, it's not what we're talking about. Like they they get rim pressure out of Dinwiddie and out of out of Luca driving. That's it. And if Maxi's not able to hit threes, you're essentially allowing that guy to camp out right outside the free throw line. You know, you might even have to just park Maxi in the corner, like do some do some small to big screen action. I don't know. I don't know. I'm really yeah. like, I, I have been thinking that with enough volume, he's going to work his way through this. Right. And instead he's had a lot of volume <laughs> and just can't do it.
3: Yeah. I mean, it's frustrating because it's one of those things where it's like, it's not like he's taking bad shots or if anything, we want him to shoot more. Right. Cause I mean, if he's going to be on the floor, he needs to shoot, you know, when he doesn't shoot, things can get even a little hairier even with how bad he's shooting right now so that's the frustrating thing is like there's not a magic cure there's not like we can't there's no film study to do on maxi like to try to figure out and diagnose what's going on he just has to just has to find a way to start hitting his open shots like he was you know or in earlier parts of the season so Mm -hmm. it's just frustrating because like our our job here is to talk about this and I feel like we just can't really talk about it more than other than how frustrating it is. And that's, well, I mean, he's one of these players who, in my opinion,
2: so somebody pointed this out probably 30 games into the season. I think it's a very interesting point. Brunson, Dorian Finney Smith, two players who really benefited from being given the freedom to do more, to, to basically do like play a role on offense beyond catch and shoot or beyond in Brunson's case last year, basically drive. Um, Then you have Tim Hardaway and Maxi Kleba, but and before Tim got hurt, Tim was having his worst season as a Maverick, and they were both given that same level of freedom. And Maxi still is. Maxi should never fucking dribble ever, 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 and he's getting put in the position instead. Like, and maybe it's just a reluctance to shoot. I think this is part of it, but he's just doing weird stuff every time on offense, <laughs> like, like weird things. I, I don't know how to describe it any better than that because he's like pump faking air. And then, and, and, you know, that's part of it, but he struggled kind of all season doing weird stuff off the dribble. Like he's taken a couple of pull-up twos the last several games. I don't, I don't know. And you know, I think there was some, there was some, some success in the simplicity of his role last season. And I don't know, maybe I'm reading into it. What do you think?
3: No, I mean, that's a, that definitely makes sense. I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me to back up, you know, how often is he shooting? Like, is he shooting more long twos than he did last year? I mean, it can't, even if he is, it can't be like a significantly high
2: number. Cause he, he does, does have way point. more stupid turnovers off of like dribbling off his foot. That's yeah. A, like,
3: yeah, the that, turnovers
2: that, for Max are bizarre.
3: Yeah, that hurts. Um, I mean, even really one tonight, though, hey. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really, I don't know. I mean, the only thing I could say strategically to change is maybe you just tell. He, maybe he just doesn't pick and pop anymore. I mean, maybe he's just a role man. I mean, he got a couple of dunks when he rolled uh, in the first half. I mean, maybe that's just the thing you just say, okay, you're until we can figure this out. Uh, you're, you're going to be a role man. And cause every time he picks and pops, it's like, it's like you're just given you're just given the defense an easy out in a in a way like you know to steal like a baseball tournament, you know you're just giving given an out away like when you're bunt, like when a, in a bunt situation or something like that it's kind of what it feels like. Right. Um so I don't know maybe he needs to roll more and then other than that it's just man he just he just has to start, he just has to start making shots but I mean yeah. to be fair to him um you know for the last couple of weeks it's felt like the spotlight's been on him because he's felt like the odd man out when you look at the box score. But, I mean, holy crap tonight, did he have company. Yeah. It was crazy. I mean, Bullock and, and Finney Smith, the just on their own, just those two guys going one for 14 combined yep. is ridiculous. Bullock Bullock was, Bullock was awful
2: and he probably knew it. And it's just, he was like, at a certain point it becomes pressing. That's where it's just like, we focus on Maxi, but it was all of them. I mean, it was just such a bad collective game. I don't, it's, it's almost funny. And, you know, I I think that the right tack is to say, okay, we're just going to move on to the next one. We're not, you know, we're going to think about this one, but it's, it's just, there's enough like little warning signs as you're in these really highly competitive games that, well games that this one wasn't highly competitive but like really meaningful games because you know the mavericks had a chance to take sole possession of of fourth seed tonight, and they didn't do it because utah lost and then golden state also lost and you know with the the, there's less than eight i think there's eight games remaining and it's just this is not you know it's just it's a terrible time to pull in a piss poor performance it's just frustrating but i think all we can really do is is say move on to the next one and and maybe talk about some some bigger picture stuff before we go
3: yeah i mean um I will give the team credit. I mean, they've been fairly good at bouncing back from bad losses. I mean, they came out of the all-star break and dropped that game to Utah. And then they came back and had one of the ones of the season at golden state. They had that ugly loss to the Knicks. And then they came back and won three straight on the road against Houston, Boston, and Brooklyn. Uh, They had that horrible loss against Charlotte, come back and they, they, you know, they hold off Minnesota. So They've been pretty good about coming back from from losses. I mean, they've mm-hmm. only lost, I mean, they lost two in a row last week and that was the first time they'd lost two in a row in like a month. So, I mean, I would bet on them to be a completely different team uh on Sunday and especially at home. Uh, well,
2: and here's play. the thing though. They're playing a Utah team that is equally that is probably if if I don't know how much our fans pay attention to Utah basketball. I'm guessing more than normal lately, but if you're (laughs) reading any of the press that's coming out of Utah, they are in a a a death spiral, as close to be as a death spiral as you can possibly get to in season, where you have it's being reported basically. Mark Stein talked about this today in a green room. Quinn Snyder has is not extending his contract. They've offered him an extension. He does, he may not want to come back. Then you have um, Donovan Mitchell, who him and Rudy work really well together. But I don't think either seems to understand that they need the other. And the quotes coming out of it are really uncomfortable. And so the Utah Jazz are either this close to going belly up or they're playing with a sense of desperation that might shock the Mavericks, who I think, you know, I don't want to say they're comfortable, but I think the Mavericks are just trying to get to the playoffs because they're, everybody's really banged up.
3: Yeah, totally. And, you know, the Jazz are now 3-3 three, three losses in a row after we thought they kind of steadied themselves. They'd won 3 in a row right before that. So, that's another thing like, you know, the Mavericks bounce back well after losses, but is Utah really going to lose 4 in a row which with, you know, this team, but man, not to talk too much about the Jazz on a Mavericks podcast, but it really feels like the Joe Ingles injury was like the nail in the coffin for them. Uh, he was pretty important to he was pretty important glue guy and they traded for Neil Alexander Walker from the Pelicans. And everyone kind of thought, okay, they'll, they'll use him to soak up some of the, you know, the time that they're missing with Ingles and he doesn't play, which is yep. wild. I know, I know he's not an amazing. Player. I kind of liked but him. I thought he might yeah. be good for them. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not in the rotation. It's that's, it's bizarre. Um, but yeah, the vibes are not good at Utah. So the, Ma- the Mavericks have to win um and i'm sure utah is thinking the same thing so we'll see what goes on there but uh yeah i know you you want to talk about big picture but i mean the, the only well, that, but can... that was it i mean that's yeah. that's
2: you know it's pivoting ahead where you're kind of thinking and like it's you know you look with so many with so few games left it, it's the kind of thing where as of last night i thought the standings were more or less locked up but you know, the, the the Mavericks are now 45 and 29. The Nuggets and Timberwolves are somewhere between two and two and a half games back behind the Mavericks and the Jazz. Um, there's just a lot of meaningful basketball left to play. And the other thing I did want to talk about was Luka picking up his 15th technical, which was stupid. And it was when they're down 22 at the end of the third quarter, he picks up a technical foul. Um I, I can't understand that, and I bet Jason Kidd goes off in post game uh, because it's the sort of it's the sort of thing where he talks in interviews about how he has to be better and he has to mature and yada yada yada. And I love Luca. I know he gets put too much on him. People get so mad at me when I criticize Luca. Some of the thoughts that I get, but it's like, guys, I get that he's young. I'm sorry. This is the burden of leadership. He has to stop doing shit like this. Don't get 15 technicals over the course of the year. That's the solution. Then this one won't matter. Don't yeah. piss off every ref under the sea. It,
3: because, it's, <laughs> man, I mean, it's hard to argue that. I mean,
2: like, I get change. it where it's like, oh, it's not fair. It's not fair. Well, as my father tells me, the world's not fucking fair.
3: <laughs> You're right. And, uh, man, another thing I'm just thinking about. I mean, looking at the standings, uh, so the Minnesota Timberwolves are now, what, two and a half behind the Mavericks right now? And half, yeah. yeah. And, Man, I mean, this game, I mean, two Thunder's and a half. I a huge game. Yeah, two and a half with what? I mean, the Mavericks <laughs> have about eight games left. I mean, that's still like a pretty decent lead, but this game would have like really closed the door on the Mavericks potentially maybe, you know, falling into the play-in. And the schedule is set up for them, you know. At, you know, they play Utah, Cleveland, and and uh, Milwaukee are their only difficult games in their final. But who knows what Milwaukee games. will do? Like, right? right. not, you know right so i mean the mavericks could very easily you know go like uh six and two and it's not even a question about them being the plan but it's just like it's annoying like a win would have like just erased that as a as a possibility i think and they kind of just creaked the door open a little bit i don't think it's gonna happen obviously like it would be it would be a a collapse of of epic proportions right for the mavericks getting the plan but it's just annoying that they could just kind of Slam the door uh, if they would have gotten this one, and they they lose by, uh you know, double digits. So that's annoying. But what yes, it yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I mean, they they the next three games
2: are not cakewalks. I mean, the Jazz, the Lakers, who are fighting for a playing spot. You never know what kind. It's national TV. LeBron. You never know what you're going to get there. And then Cleveland the very next night, and Cleveland is quite good. Um it's It's just something to keep an eye on I mean we're I like having meaningful march basketball, so that's the flip side of this. I've yeah, been talking about I, this in the morning show. It's nice, but it's
3: still yeah. some it's you know just but I don't like it. having my Friday night wasted, and this was a this was a Big waste. waste like yeah. there was no there's no reason to watch this game i
2: mean yeah i mean i I somehow scraped seven hundred words together for a recap, and I'm not even sure it deserved that
3: you' you're, you're, so. you're a professional you're a pros pro
2: yeah, all right, team, Josh and I got nothing else. We'll be back Sunday evening. Yes. Uh, I'll have a green room up uh, shortly, probably, you know, or well, by the time you're listening to this, it'll, it should go up at around, you know, one or two on Saturday. I'm not really sure. So thanks for hanging out. Come by Mavs Moneyball. We might have some posts, but maybe not because there's just nothing else to say about this damn game. Everybody have a good weekend. We'll talk soon.
1: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? What do we know about magnesium?